This is the art of charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The art of charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. Welcome to the Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best minds in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. This show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best man you can be in every area of your life. If you're new to the show, but you want to know more about what we teach here at The Art of Charm, listen to the toolbox at theartofcharmpodcast.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got a lot of fundamentals of dating and attraction, body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, and even this single dad show that you're going to hear right now. We've got live boot camps running every single week here in Hollywood, California. Details at The Art of Charm, or give us a call here in the office, 888-413-7177, or email me, jordan at theartofcharm.com. Looking forward to meeting all you guys here in L.A. Now, today we're talking with Tom and Dave, alumni of The Art of Charm, both single dads. They talk about how The Art of Charm program helped them in their single dad lifestyle, if you will, talking about dealing with their ex, how they gain control of their emotions, and how they pass that skill set along to their kids, including even social skills like making new friends and creating relationships as well. And of course, also positive thinking and how that was passed along, positive habits from The Art of Charm being passed along by single dads to their kids, and being a better father, being a better entrepreneur, and dating as a single dad, of course, being the big one, and managing relationships and relationship concerns as a single dad. So I hope you guys enjoy this one with Tom and Dave, Art of Charm Single Dad Alumni. I've got Dave and Tom here, AOC alumni. What I want to focus on during this episode, guys, is I know it's it's not just like, hey, these are two alumni, everybody take AOC. It's kind of like, all right, you two are very unique in that you are single fathers. And it's not that you're the only two single dads that ever graduated from an AOC program. I mean, when I put the call out in the alumni network for this, I think we had a, a double-digit reply from several guys, and you guys just happened to be available at this time. So congratulations on making the cut. <laughs> um, no, no. It was such a, such a long process. It was. It was a very long application process that consisted of, well, you replied first, and you had a computer with internet. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to step out and go buy a lottery ticket since I won that. Yeah, you, you should. You should. It, but one step at a time. And, and so what I want to talk about essentially is how things changed with you being a single dad after the Art of Charm program, because I know that before the program, you were kind of, well, as with anybody who takes the program, you're one person beforehand, and you're that same person afterwards, you know, with a little bit of, uh, a little bit of tweaks and a whole lot more confidence. And that manifests itself in different ways, in a way that actually helps you with a lot of different things that I think a lot of people don't expect. And so I kind of want to start, and feel free to chime in on each other's answers, but I definitely, the first thing I noticed is that when you guys were sort of doing the prep that I'd sent you, and thanks for that, by the way, is that you're dealing with your ex, and that's sort of a reality. Whenever you, you have a kid with somebody, you're dealing with them in, whether you like it or not, in a business relationship pretty much forever. And it's a complicated and complex business relationship because if you just break up with a girlfriend where you don't have a kid, it's like, oh yeah, I hope I never see her again, or oh, it's gonna be awkward if I see her again, or I need to avoid this person. You don't have that luxury when you have a child with somebody, uh, but unless you're in one of those situations where the mother just doesn't wanna see the kid, which is pretty rare, you've gotta deal with that. And so, Dave, I know that you had some serious issues dealing with your ex sort of before and after AOC, and things changed, the way that you handled those scenarios changed dramatically. Do you want to go into that a little bit? 
Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Um, before AOC, I was, number one, I was super negative. I just always pissed off, always angry. So that didn't really help the situation at all. Because she was coming into every interaction with you being like, I got to talk to my ex and he's such a, you know, negative dick. I'm just waiting for him to whine and bitch. I just want to grab the kid and get out of there, right? It, it, every, every interaction was a yelling match and I just couldn't wait to bug out and leave. I was like, just give me my kid and shut up and we'll leave. And uh, it wasn't healthy at all, man. And it wasn't good for my daughter. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that because I don't have kids. So I'm a selfish <laughs> prick. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it seems like a lot of that stemmed from you being, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're essentially, you were afraid. You were kind of a pushover and you let her walk all over you. And, and that actually just made you angry, even though at the end of the day, that's kind of your own fault because that's who you were being around her. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was not the same person. It definitely manifested itself into, uh, into just bad kind of needy, attention-seeking behavior. So go into that a little bit, because I don't know if everybody's familiar with what attention-seeking behavior might be. So you were afraid and you were a pushover. Explain some examples of like what that means. So f explain that in the context of your ex and your child. Yeah, so we would always have issues around the holidays. I would never know the schedule, and I would always ask her, hey, um, you know, Christmas is around the corner. What are we doing? How are we sharing time? Because we actually don't have a formal agreement through the court system. We kind of work everything around the courts. Because that's a huge and, pain in the butt. Otherwise, you're glued to it, right? Oh, man, you're glued to it. And there's lawyer fees. And uh, I know you used to be a, a lawyer and you guys aren't cheap. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I'm cheap now. Um, <laughs> uh, but my personal problems aside, you know, <laughs> so she would walk all over the boundaries because you didn't really set any. I didn't have any boundaries at all. And and I would always be afraid to bring up those topics because um, I was always scared to bring them up or I didn't feel confident in myself. I basically wasn't in control of my own life. I was just kind of riding the waves as they hit. Okay. And so you gave one example in the prep that you were so kind to prepare, which is sometimes you'd be waiting until midnight, 1 a.m. to drop off your daughter on a Sunday night when you had to work the next day and be up at 6 a.m. because your wife just wasn't around. Right. Yeah, she would be like out with her friends because she would work Saturday and Sunday. So I get my daughter every Saturday and Sunday unless I make other arrangements. And when it came Sunday night, I'd be sitting there, you know, nine, ten rolls around. She's still not there. I'm like, where are you? Not answering. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I going to do with my kid? It's cold out. I'm leaving my, my truck run. Uh, this isn't a good situation. What are we going to do? All right, well, Walmart's open. Let's roam around Walmart until mommy comes home. That sounds terrible. It was miserable. It, it sounds was. it sounds like when you're in an airport lounge and you your layover, you miss your flight, so you have to stay overnight and like nothing's open, and yeah, you're just exactly. walking around with your thumb in your ass in an airport lounge. But you, now you've got a baby, and she's like, "I'm bored. I'm hungry," and you're like, "Gotta put on a game face for the kid, but I want to strangle somebody, right?" Well, yeah. Well, not to mention that it's freaking midnight. Like she should be in bed. Yeah, yeah. The child self again did not consider that because I'm not a dad. But yeah, you're absolutely right, and. And so what happened after the program? I mean, it sounds like you started to make changes that weren't just like, I'm going to tell her how it's going to be. I mean, what really happened? How did you really solve this problem? And what gave you the confidence? Or, you know, what gave you the ability to solve this problem? Well, what gave me the ability was, you know, the, the small victories, doing little things every day to encourage positive, strong behavior. And it, it gave me the confidence I needed to approach her in a, in a cool, calm, collected manner. 
and say, hey, listen, can, can we set aside a time and just talk about this? I was actually vulnerable. I said, you know, this, this really hurts me. I can't get to work on time. If you want to keep getting a paycheck, we're going to have to uh, figure this out because this isn't sustainable. I'm getting into work late. My productivity's disappearing to nothing. This isn't cool. I'm going to get fired and then I won't be able to pay child support, let alone be willing to, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And you set that boundary because you, you started to gain confidence essentially from the small victories, like you'd said, where you'd been making progress in other areas and being able to set boundaries in other areas like personal life and at work, right? Oh, absolutely. What really gave me encouragement too is, you know, I changed a lot after the program uh, personally. I dropped a ton of weight. I moved to a better location of town. I, w I was meeting new people. I, I created a new social circle. So, I mean, all these things led up to, to the situation where I felt confident and comfortable dealing with it. So this, it's obviously, it's very nebulous, right? Because a lot of guys are listening and they're like, yeah, great, you set boundaries. What advice would you give to single dads listening right now who are like, yeah, cool, all right, Dave gave his ex-wife boundaries. Well, I'm, I'm not just gonna walk up to my ex-wife and be all like, here's what's gonna happen, right? I mean, what advice do you give them? Because you obviously had to make some sort of transformation if I were your friend, a single dad, and I'm coming to you and I'm going, I'm getting walked all over, she doesn't respect boundaries, slash I'm chicken to set them, what do you tell me besides suck it up and do it? I mean, how do you, how do you get me there? Uh, this is gonna sound counterintuitive, but my first recommendation was do a self-assessment about yourself. That is counterintuitive, because everybody's expecting you to be like, lay it down, don't back down, right? Yeah, no, you, you gotta, you gotta get yourself in a, in a position where you're confident and comfortable and you're not going to come at her wanting to fight. Cause if you come at her wanting to fight, she's going to fight back. So you kind of have to, to be calm and comfortable and cool and, uh, get in a proper mindset. Once you do that, then you can approach her and you can actually be a bit vulnerable while being confident, which again, doesn't sound like it's possible, but, um, that's exactly what I did. You know, I said, Hey, listen, um, you're not getting to get paid if I lose my job. So, um, it, you know, this really hurts me. We got to figure a better way to do this. So you came at it literally with like an air of vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. Not this is what's wrong with you and this is what needs to happen or blah, 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 consequence. You're like, hey, I'm really worried that I'm going to suffer at work and this is putting all three of us at risk because yes. you're staying out late. And she, at that point, you being vulnerable must have, led her to somewhere in the neighborhood of, oh yeah, I'm staying out late because I know I can get away with it, but I never really thought about the consequences of my daughter and then that also blowing back onto both of us as well as you and you're trying and I'm trying to be fair and this isn't really like a team sort of a team effort where I'm showing up late because I'm like, yeah, Dave won't do anything, right? So it led her to do the same thing and reflect on that and now you have a better relationship with your ex. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what was going on with her head. Um, I just knew that it was something I had to do. I had to try something because, like I said, it wasn't sustainable. Excellent. And so it sounds like also the program, though, helped you gain control of your emotions. I mean, you were blowing up. You were super angry all the time. I mean, how did that affect you? I mean, and by the way, I, you did lose a lot of weight props. The last time I saw you, I didn't re remember I reintroduced myself to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was that, was a, that was a compliment, if nothing else, because I was like, this guy looks familiar, but I, I don't know where, so I'm just going to reintroduce myself. And he said, I'm Dave. And I was like, holy shit, man. Yeah, well, it wasn't, it wasn't only the weight thing. I also grew my hair out a bit because yeah. I figured I'd do that before it falls out. So, Well, also, yeah, yeah. But also, 
the first time I met you, you were like, hey, I'm Dave. And then the second time I met you, you were like, hey, man. And I was like, hey, guy I've never met before. What's right. going on? Thin, long-haired, beautiful version of a guy that looks like a guy I used to know. Yeah. Dude, I'll, I'll tell you this. The, uh, I was kind of a man-child myself uh, before the first program. And then after the first program, it kind of I, – I think there might be a misconception that the program is going to – fix you or whatever right yeah I, I i'm trying so hard not to be like the program did this and the program did that and the program because it sounds like one this is not a sales it has to come from within and immediately when i when i exited was i 100 percent different no it, it took me about a year to, i mean that's why i didn't go back for a year because it took me about a year i mean because i was so screwed up it took me about a year to, to figure it all out excellent so thank you so much and what about you tom i mean in the similar area, have you dealt with your ex in different ways based on what you've come through the program, or was it more, did you really focus on other areas? You know, it was really other areas. Uh, my relationship with my ex has been, the divorce itself was, uh, you know, came out of nowhere. It was frightening. It was very scary. I didn't know what was going on, but, uh, you know, shortly after I got through that, you know, the relationship with her, you know, just improved, and it, it's didn't have to go through the same things that, you know, Dave did, thankfully. You know, my big thing was just, you know, other than dating and personal relationships and stuff, it was really about my son. Yeah, I felt after my divorce, I was living on the East Coast, I felt if I stuck around here in the same environment, same friends and everything, that I would, you know, I wouldn't grow, I would be stagnant, you know, just be even more complacent than what I was before. And I felt like I just needed to get out of Dodge. So, you know, that said, I uh, I moved to San Diego, moved 3,000 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> the hardest decision about that was, it's funny, I just posted this uh, kind of in the forum, you know, our family page earlier this week. Uh, my father was not around me growing up. So I really felt this attachment to my son, and I felt if I stayed here, you know, local to him that I would just be, you know, just as bad as my father was to me. So I felt the best thing was really to to move away. And that being said, my, my relationship with my son just improved. And then obviously after the program, it just became way better. I got, I, I could discuss things with him better. I was more vulnerable. Yeah, you know, I just felt like I was a lot more present with him. I wasn't constantly, you know, in my head thinking what I should say, what I shouldn't say. Uh, you know, things like that. And then just being out in public uh, after going through the program, I was a lot more confident in myself and the way that I carried myself. He actually started recognizing it and he even made comments about it. How old is your son? So he's uh, 14 now. He's socially developing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's and, great. Uh, so this was five years ago. So this is, you know, over the course of, you know, him being from nine to 14. Um, so yeah, definitely. And now, you know, he's in high school and stuff like that. So it's a lot better than what I was, you know, five years ago. And even before that, even during my marriage, I was, you know, I, I was just had life on cruise control and, you know, let everyone else make decisions for me. And I wasn't really living my life. I was letting other people live it for me. Right. Life was happening to you. Right. And definitely between nine and 14 is a pretty critical age for any boy. Do you think that the things that you've done, the changes that you made, made, your, made you able to be a better role model to your kid? I do, yeah. Um, you know, not just role model, but, you know, we're able to talk about, you know, everything now. There's no CERN, there's no hesitation, there's no fear. You know, fear probably is, you know, was a big thing in the past. 
uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any concerns talking to him about anything. We go out and do all kinds of adventures together. It's just, it's so much more meaningful. Whereas, when, you know, when he was younger, I didn't know how to be a father. I didn't know how to be, you know, th- that type of father figure or anything. So it was more like, all right, today we're going to, you know, watch the movies and. That would be the way we would spend our day together. Right. Anything not to interact. Oh, really? So you were actively avoiding, like, hey, let's not have a totally real relationship about real stuff because I'm kind of afraid where that might lead and I don't know how to do it. Totally. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And and you hear about that a lot. Like, my friend's dad's growing up who were divorced. It was always like, all right, Saturday we're going to the movies and then we're going out to eat. And it was like this weird fake relationship where, like, you only had this, like, manufactured good stuff happening with the kid. Right. And and it's weird because I remember being like, oh, you're so lucky. Your dad always takes you out to eat and takes you to the movies and buys you shit. And and then like he was like, yeah, it's awesome. And then it was like, wait a minute. When we were older, I was like, wait, that sucks because your dad is like a fake guy that just kind of like hangs out with you sometimes and like when it's convenient, right? Right, and- yeah. Really, the quality time versus quantity of time, you know? You know, I look back and it's sad looking back because, you know, that time is something you can't get back and it wasn't a lot quality in it but uh that's definitely changed over the last several years back to the show helping you get present helping you get sort of vulnerable and real mirrors a little bit of what dave and i were talking about in the prep as well where and dave you know feel free to chime in here you'd mentioned you know you were an emotional guy were you in a major wreck and you know you were negative you thought everything you're a man child right and and the program let you be more fun, energetic, and consistent. And now you can actually communicate to your daughter when you get off. If you do sort of get off track, you can explain to her in a rational way instead of doing what everybody else's dad, including mine, did, which is be like, Ugh, whatever, and then just get embarrassed and quiet about it. So, you know, I'll follow up on that. It's definitely, you know, true, Jordan, just being able to, you know, if I do act out of character or whatever, I, I can admit it and I'm not afraid to admit it and, uh, you know, just follow that up. And, you know, but I'm pretty good about checking myself these days. Um, yeah. It's not honestly, it's not really an issue because what I what I discovered within myself was when I was getting angry in the past, it was because I wasn't being honest with my intentions or with what I wanted, you know, my desires or whatever. Now that I am honest, I, I, you know, if the other people person doesn't want it i'm cool with that at least i got my point across from what i wanted and you know we can agree to disagree and we can move on there's no i'm not withholding anything and that that withholding you know what i wanted or you know my honesty that's what created the anger interesting and that's really interesting right it was it was like the nice guy sort of syndrome lack of boundaries you know that un your covert contracts not being fulfilled that make you then angry and you have that. And for guys that don't know what we're talking about, listen to the No More Mr. Nice Guy podcast that we did. It's, and then you get angry because this thing that secretly, you know, was never expressed was not getting fulfilled. And then you decided to throw like a tantrum about it. And right. a lot of guys out there know exactly what Passive that means. aggressive behavior. Yeah, yeah, yep. perfect. And, and Dave, you sort of mentioned that this led to a parenting benefit in that, Riley, your daughter, now understands, oh, when I have emotional issues, I can just talk about these things. Yeah, and it's and it's really great for her because, I mean, she's only six. So, and kids at that age typically do feel like the world was revolving around them. Right, I mean, that's, that's totally normal. normal, yeah. 
And, but it's not normal for an adult. And uh, I want to jump in with something Tom was saying. Uh, it's hard to be present when you're focused on yourself. And whenever, you know, I'm super emotional or negative or whatever, I'm just thinking about me, right? So I'm sitting there, oh, my life sucks. Me, 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 wah, wah, wah. And when you're doing that, you can't really focus on your kid. Right. Which is like your entire, the point of your entire existence at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. But, but now that like you, you get that clarity and, and you're not focused on yourself so much, it's like, oh my God, I can actually be present and be with her and I can notice these things. And uh, it's not like I lecture her or like I make her read course material or anything like that. It's just everyday life. She'll say something. I'll be like, well, you know, you could think about it this way. And she's like, oh, okay. And then you keep doing that. And I keep reinforcing that whenever I see her and uh, it, it's, it's providing amazing benefits. Yeah, so just I'm gonna echo one thing off of David. Just to give an example. The whole, you know, looking at things positive. You know, I, I lived out in San Diego, driving in LA traffic, or even out here in the Boston area. Uh, you know, when someone cuts me off, I used to get, you know, very frustrated and angry. And uh, you know, I, I've reframed that now, and I look at it as like, for all I know, there's a you know, guy that's trying to get his daughter or his wife that's in labor to the hospital. But, you know, I don't know what's happening. So I just reframed it and it's more positive and that frustration just, just evaporates. I mean, it doesn't even get started. Interesting. So you learned how to deal with tough situations around your kid as well. And so, of course, you know, we all know that children pick up our habits and that's what we'd want them to have. Right. And, and Dave, you kind of mentioned that you you give your daughter the framework that she needs. I mean, it's funny because you learned it at 26 and, and she's six years old, but you can reinforce the positive and give her tools that you learned at the Art of Charm to basically help them deal better with life. And you gave an example about making new friends. You want to talk about that a little bit? I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, so, um, you know, I have no idea if it's genetic or if it's just her being shy or, or whatever because she's an only child, but uh, we would go to the park and stuff, and she'd always say, I want to play with him. I'd want to play with him. And I, I, I told her, I'm like, well, go over there and tell them you want to play. And she, no, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm like, what are you scared of? And, you know, I kind of use, what's the worst that can happen? You're going to have all your fingers and toes. You're going to be alive, you know? And she still wouldn't do it. So uh, I'd grab her hand, and I'd go over to the kids. I'm like, hey, this is Riley. She wants to play with you. And, you know, the first couple times I did this, uh, it didn't work. But, you know, I, did, I didn't push it. I just did it once or twice a day. And then the week after, did it again. And this time, a little girl ran up to her and grabbed her hand. And then Riley was hooked. She went with the kids, and she was running around with them. And then that triggered something in her head. And then from that point on, uh, she was able to make friends at the park. Now, now she's able to make friends uh, anywhere. We were just on vacation this summer. And... Uh, we were in a pool and she just chats this little girl up and I'm like, thank God. Now I don't have to be playmate. So I, I could sit in a lounge chair and just read for, for a little bit. And I'm, I'm reading on my iPad. And the next thing I know, I see two smiling faces looking at me. It's my daughter and this girl she just met. And I'm like, what's going on? What do you two have plotted? And Riley says, can we go mini golfing? And I'm like, well, yeah, but you have to ask her dad. So next thing you know, they run up to her dad and then he walks over and he's like, I guess we're going golfing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, four o'clock. And it's like my kid made these plans that I didn't even know you could do. So now until, Riley's making friends for you instead of you making friends for Riley. 
Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> That's funny. You know, That's that, awesome. That is awesome, and it's very cute, and now the police don't have to show up to the playground anymore to talk to the guy, <laughs> to talk to the guy who's trying to make friends with all the little kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds crazy. But yeah, it sure it's funny. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, now is she doing a lot of this stuff on her own? I mean, is she starting to sort of chat up? kids anywhere i mean you said she's making friends everywhere she goes is this like a habit is this something she does even when you're not around do you know uh you know what that's a great question i, I don't i don't know um she's in school now and uh she talks about her friends so i'd imagine uh, yeah she does i hope so yeah because i'm i'm trying to hope that some aoc principles and principles of general kindness and humanity are not only being passed to you but also to to the kids as well and and you know tom you kind of had an interesting you're an entrepreneur, right? And you never really kicked that off until after your program. And so I, I think not only is that good for for you just being a healthy dad, but right. it could rub off a little bit on the kitties as well. Yeah, definitely. I, You know, a lot of it was, you know, I've, I've been starting my own businesses since I was 16. And uh, but a lot of it was either handed to me or... Yeah, I I was just in the right place at the right time, or at least that's what I the story I told myself was. But after I went through the program, I, I just felt I could take a lot more charge. I, again, it goes back to not listening to those voices in the back of your head. This is how I feel. This is what I want. And putting it out there on the table and having a discussion about it with your partners or your colleagues or you know whoever it is, having a discussion rather than just letting it you know, keep you up at night and, you know, next thing you know, you're frustrated with the business that you're trying to start and uh, you, you lose that passion. Really, for me, it was getting rid of that voice that was inside my head. I don't know when it got started, but man, that thing was so loud for so many years. It's non-existent now for the most part. What about dating, guys? I mean, now, you know, the common thing that I hear from single dads that listen to the podcast is like, you know, dating's different. You know, I got kids now. You don't know what it's like. And I thought hmm, that was one of the things that sparked the show is it's like, you know, hey, I, I actually don't know. But I know that that a lot of AOC alumni are doing a ton of dating, even though they're single dads. Yeah. So this was an area that totally tripped me out. So, you know, I essentially I never lived on my own until after my divorce. So I was 33 the first time I ever lived on my own. You know, I've got a nine year old son and I hadn't dated since high school. So you're talking, you know, 90s. And nice. Wow. Yes. Like MC Hammer Pants first date attire. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I graduated in 94. So, you know, here it is, you know, like 2009. And you have this thing called Facebook and these things people carry in their pockets that I thought were phones, but you can do like text messaging. To right. People. Exactly. And you're like, you what know? planet am I on? There's dating on your phone now. Yeah, you have like Match, you have OKCupid, you had there's a completely different world. And you know, I grew up in a small town, so I the first time I ever went to a club, I was 33 years old. Um, That's awkward. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> but uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I had like no self esteem, to be honest with you. You know, at at the end of the divorce, you know, having a child obviously did put you know even additional pressure on me. Um, so it took me a long time to, to get through that and get over it. Uh, you know, I did a lot of stuff on my own. You know, I tried to find some guys that were cool. And then obviously I, I came across you guys. And that's really, you know, what changed my life. And it wasn't just the program. It was, you know, the program, obviously the uh, alumni network, you know, that we have, you know, yeah, afterwards. Right. But uh, it was really, uh, there was 
one exercise that we did uh, during our program that I couldn't believe how difficult it was for me. It was, uh, I think, on the third or fourth day. And it just about killed me. And I remember talking to Johnny like about an hour and a half into it. And I'm like, dude, I just can't do this. And I, I couldn't figure out why. Um, and then the last, he, you know, he told me, uh, well, go try this. And it, it didn't work. And then I'm sitting there on Hollywood Boulevard. And there's a guy on the sitting there on the street with one of these, you know, checks that's the size of your car, right? He's out there, I think, by a bank or something like that. And he sees me struggling, and he gives me, like, five seconds of advice. And all it was was, like, who cares? And it's basically what David just told his daughter. I mean, you're going to live at the end of the day. In the last 30 minutes of the exercise, I finished ev- getting everything we were supposed to do, um, you know, it was uh, getting the signatures mm-hmm. uh, piece. I don't want to say too much, but uh, okay. I got everything I needed in that last 30 minutes. And it was based off of five-second advice um, from some stranger. And uh, it was just its so amazing how these little things that can hold you back. And all you have to do is, you know, just push it out of your head and go for it. What about you, Dave? I mean, you, you definitely have done a ton of dating post-programming. <laughs> I didn't do too much dating before the program. Um, and after the program, to, to be honest with you, the biggest challenge was I felt kind of embarrassed and ashamed I had a kid. And I was like, how do I bring this up? What do I do? Uh, are they going to accept her? And, and it was kind of like, I didn't know how to handle that. Yeah, that's a good question. It took me a long time to, to, to kind of figure that piece out. And basically what I do yet now is uh, I utilize, you know, Tinder and, and, and online dating, you know, Plenty of Fish, OkCupid, et cetera, et cetera. Those are my main sources. And what I do now is I just, the first meeting in person, you know, after, you know, pleasantries or whatever, I, I just get it out there. Like, listen, I have a daughter. She's awesome. And I, I was actually surprised about the reaction. A lot of women love kids, apparently. Shocking. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. It was, it really, but it really, like, it's, it, it, we say that now in, 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 in joking, but for me, it was really mind blowing. I was like, oh my God, women love children. This is awesome. So that was, again, one of those small victories that gave me the confidence that, you know what? My, my situation rocks. I have this adorable, smart little girl who wouldn't want to be around us. Yeah, excellent. And, you know, for me, it seems like a lot of guys write in and say, I don't know what to say about my kids. I don't want to I don't want to admit it right away, but I don't want to hide it because she's a big part of my life, you know, and da, 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 da. I mean, it does take a certain level of confidence in yourself to say, listen, we're a package deal. You know, this is good. But if if you're not at that level, you need to get there because otherwise you're going to have trouble dating with kids no matter what. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it, it, you know, and, you know, that's just going to come out in the dates. If you don't, if you're not honest, you know, or you hide it, then where do you think that relationship's going to go, especially once she finds out? And uh, you're just going to, it's just a downward spiral. Yeah, because you could have dated that girl for five weeks and then been like, by the way, I have kids. And instead of going, oh, well, I like you so much, I'm willing to deal with it. They're going to go, you're such an asshole. Why would you not have told me that? Go fuck yourself. That's what's going to happen, right? 
Yeah, and then in five weeks, you might get attached to her, and then you might get emotional about it. Like, I just met you, and you're not into it. You know, that's really cool. Thanks for being honest. Yeah, yeah. and it's completely fair. Yeah. And, you know, it is funny, Jordan, looking back at, you know, who I was back then versus who I am now. It's I, I don't even recognize who I was back then, but it's really, instead of, you know, you're always doing, you know, instead of the guy always chasing who they want, it's you know, it's flipped. You know, are they good enough for me? And even if I want to introduce them to my son, are they good enough to be introduced to him? Uh, that's a totally different perspective versus, you know, oh my God, is this girl, you know, is she okay with me having kids? Um, but I, I was the same way as Dave. You know, it was, uh, I didn't know how that was, you know, how well that would go over. And, uh, you know, I was really nervous and a wreck about it. And I, I hit it you know, for the first several dates. Uh, but eventually I just, you know, got it out there in the open. And the ones that weren't interested, I, I made really good female friends and they introduced me to friends that did have, you know, that were interested in dating someone with kids. So, I mean, it was a win-win once I uh, overcame that. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. I think that's one of the main questions that guys come in with is like, or or email or send in is, you know, I've got kids. How do I handle this? How do I handle the dating with kids? And it's it can be a deal breaker because what it does is it stops a lot of guys from dating. You'd mentioned, Dave, like Tom was talking about, like reframing things more positively. I mean, is that? Yeah, yeah. Pass that on to your kid. You want to talk about that? Because that that's a pretty good one, and we can end with that, actually. Yeah, so exactly what Tom was saying, you know, sitting in traffic and some dude cuts you off and gives you the finger, and, you know, you, you can rewrite that saying, well, he was actually giving the finger to the car behind me and his wife is dying and she has to go to the hospital. Right. You know? and, and then you have sympathy for him. And then and then it just goes away. You know, you're not angry anymore. Sure. And it was remarkable because, you know, it, it, it it's not only that, like anything positive that I can transfer to her, I do. So um, and she's a really smart kid. And uh, we were sitting in the elevator and I don't know how this conversation came up. But, but I used that same example of a car cutting you off. And, I, and it was funny because I used, you know, uh, a, a, someone taking somebody else to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, or it could be uh, somebody late to their best friend's birthday party. Because <laughs> apparently birthday parties are a huge deal when you're six. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So uh, number one, I mean, she gets points for being cute. Uh, but, but then number two, what really, really shocked me was, you know, I continued and said, yeah, exactly. I'm like, because you don't want to be angry or, or mad at them because then if somebody else meets you and you're angry or mad and she goes yeah they're gonna think that you're mad at them and my jaw freaking hit the elevator floor i was like oh my god she gets it nice kids get this stuff that's the thing about a lot of the aoc stuff kids get it by nature adults are the one where you have to beat it into <laughs> yeah. you and and we have to waterboard you in order for you to get it through your skull because we've been programmed with all of the crap that says, no, the world's out to get you and people will pull one over on you. And it's not just that, you know, yeah, people are going, oh, childhood innocence, you know, it's got its ups and downs. Kids are great at generally getting along with each other because even when they don't get along with each other, it's because they're trying to be dicks and test their boundaries and throw their weight around and, you know, establish a social hierarchy. With adults, we just can't do it because we're clueless, right? We've screwed ourselves so much with programming that we've gotten and that media's given us and that other people have given us and that we've stories we tell ourselves kids don't have a roster of stories of emotional baggage and crap that they've collected to save for extreme circumstances 
They don't get it. So, yeah, a smart kid will go, yeah, you're going to think that they're mad at them, and that's bad. Whereas an adult goes, no, it's not that simple. It's complicated. It really isn't. It just required the programming we've gotten is layered upon layer. So, yeah, it seems complicated, just like a computer does. But if you've never seen a computer before, you just look at the screen and go, this is what it's inside the computer. Whereas if you know how it works, you think, damn, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Right? It's just it's just mirrors humans. If you're just looking at the monitor, you think, oh, that's what's inside the computer. And not only is there um, a lot of information out there, there's a lot of bad information out there. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's my point, right? Is if the programming were good, we would be all highly functional human beings for having lived, simply gotten a lot of life experience. And unfortunately, usually it's the other way around. Usually there's a nice point at which you know, you've been raised right, you've got a lot of good programming and not as much bad. You can function socially a lot better. That's why kids who have a lot of social experience you know, in college, they can deal with these situations usually a lot more constructively than adults who pull this passive-aggressive crap and like, you know, do all these undercutting things because that's what they've learned in 20 years at the office on Wall Street or whatever, you know? And, and getting kids to think positively is actually pretty easy. It's, well, let me put it this way. It's a lot easier to teach a kid positive thinking than it is to teach an adult. I can teach kids positive thinking by gamifying it and making it easy. And adults go, yeah, but I've got a lot of stress and other things weighing on me. And it's, it's true to a certain extent, but it, it just makes it that much more difficult. So, Jordan, I just want to, if I didn't say this, uh, I'd be mad at myself at the end of this, uh, this podcast. But uh, a lot of the stuff that we're touching on, you know, the passive aggressive behavior that we overcome, the look, reframing things, making them more positive, you know, like the, the you know, someone cuts you off and we look at it as, you know, they're just trying to get to the hospital or whatever. There's a couple of things that all this stuff brings to you, which is very important. It brings you higher quality relationships. Yes. It's amazing. I mean, I've, I've, my, the friends that I have in my life now, you know, the relationships I have, they're just so much more meaningful. They're deeper. If I were to like get a flat tire, I could call 50 people and they would come in a heartbeat to help me out. And that's a flat tire. You know, talk to me 10 years ago, five years ago, I, I might have had one or two people. Yeah. Um, now you and, can have a 60-person barbecue while you change a tire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you think they're doing this weekend when they come over, man? <laughs> yeah. But for those of you that missed it, uh, because we were talking about this during the break, so everyone listening missed it, except for, the, except for Jason, our producer, you're having a barbecue and 50 to 60 people are going to show up. I guarantee you that people listening to this right now, especially a lot of single dads who, quote unquote, don't have time to socialize, are thinking, I don't even know if I could have five or six people show up to a barbecue on a weekend. Yeah, and I have to be honest with you, it's at least 50 to 60. I know Dave, I mean, he's bringing his daughter. My son's going to be there. You know, going back to this whole question about what do you do with your kids? Well, Rick, man, we're, we're bringing our kids to the thing. And, uh, you know, so it's going to be one big social party. Yeah. We don't teach parenting skills at the Art of Charm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I'm kind of repaying a favor because earlier in the summer, Tom brought his son down here to Pittsburgh and we went to this Jeep Fest. And it was just such a good time. That was the first time, you know, I've been off-roading. And uh, it was funny, the, the one obstacle, it's, it's pouring down rain and everyone else is leaving. Like, we are literally the only Jeep in this, like, <laughs> playground, right? My daughter goes, let's do it again. And it's raining and these guys just want to get the hell out of there. And Tom goes, okay. He's listening to a six-year-old. Right, yeah. Well, somebody's got to have wear the pants, right? I mean, that's right. <laughs> and, and you know, it's it's really funny to see this stuff rub off on kids, and it, it really does. It makes me feel really good about it because honestly, you know, this is the legacy that we're hoping to leave here is 
is making good men that can help raise great kids. And and it's tough because I know a lot of times there are a lot of issues that go along with this, and we're probably oversimplifying a few things here and there, which is why I wanted you guys to be on it, because me talking about what single dads can do to improve their dating life is such a circle jerk, because I have no clue, and I don't like to speak from anything but firsthand experience. So I, I thank you guys very much for your time and your candor on this episode, and I know a lot of people listening who aren't single dads might have wish they'd skip this one, but I think a lot of guys who are are really thankful that they can relate to you guys. And, you know, just last but not least, what has the alumni network done for you, slash how have you been able to leverage what you've learned at AOC and the relationships that you've built here to help sort of get through the tough times as a single dad? Oh, wow, okay. I could talk about this all night. So I, I travel two, three weeks a month all over the place. You're always somewhere. That's why, I mean, I know that much. You're, yeah. you're never in one place. I never know where you are. We need an app <laughs> to track you. Well, everyone thinks I'm James Bond or 007 or, well, I guess those That's just because you have lots same. of guns, yeah. That might <laughs> yeah, be the guns. That's right. It must be that and the, the Jeep. James Bond doesn't drive a Jeep, dude. <laughs> nice try. Have you seen the movies? It's not a Jeep, <laughs> but go on. Um. So the, the alumni network's given me a lot. You know, one, uh, there, there's other single fathers, obviously, and you mentioned that earlier in the show, just being able to talk with them about, you know, some of the challenges that you're having or, you know, discussions that you're about to have with your, you know, teenage son or, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, how have they handled that or was their feedback or their suggestions, you know, um, because cause you're, you already have this common ground and you've gone through so much of this work together. You know, one of the biggest things for me outside of that is when I travel, I instantly have friends at these cities I go to. Even if I've never met them before, if they're part of the alumni network, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in Denver this weekend. I, I was out in Denver back in May, and I think I went out with six or seven alumni that weekend. I was in Ireland recently. Boom. Alumni. It, it's so fantastic. No matter where I go, you know, I, I've got friendships and relationships there you know some of us you know meet offline we do masterminding together on other topics you know so it, it's never ending i think and it's uh it's been all positive it's all up that's great and i know a lot of times it, it can be tough like a lot of single dads complain like oh i don't know any other single dads in my area you know i don't know how to talk who to talk to about this stuff and i know there's groups out there of single dads but not everybody's interested in moving forward. A lot of them are just interested in bitching. The AOC family's definitely not like that. Not at all. Yeah, one benefit for me was I, in my life, um, you know, you are a product of your five closest friends. Right. My five closest friends, ta-da, they were negative. Yeah, <laughs> surprise, surprise. You know, so I, I, I got the heck out of there. I kind of uh, did the fade away and got them out of my life. You know, I never really traveled and it's like, oh, I don't have friends anymore. Oh, what's this network thing? Oh, there's guys in DC. Oh, DC's four hours away, and they're like, they're like my best friends now. You know, even from the moment I, I showed up, we have this common bond and this common thread. And you know, oh yeah, man, it's cool. Crash on the couch, or here's a beer, or what else do you need? I'm just like, oh my god, this is fantastic. Yeah, some kindred spirits who are interested in helping other people move up and move forward, and and that's what AOC is all about. And I'm I'm glad that we have these sort of sub niches of not only guys in different geography, but guys in different life and social situations like you guys. And so again, thanks so much for your time, guys. I know your candor is really welcome. A lot of guys are listening to this and feeling like, all right, there is something that I can do about the rut that I find myself in. And I know, you know, for some of you guys, getting out to AOC or, or 
maybe for both of you guys was was kind of a struggle. It wasn't cheap. You know, you had to make a lot of sacrifices to do it. Would you would you say it's worth it in the end? Absolutely. Um, I think you actually met me two or three times before I actually I, signed up. I did. <laughs> I did meet you two or three times before that. And finally, I was like, hey, uh, you come to some of our meetups and you just leave. Are you ever going to sign up for a program? And you were like, yeah, eventually. I, I guess I should probably do that. <laughs> and I remember being like, uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I did. Yeah, finally. Dave? I don't want to get your head any bigger than it may be already. But, it's uh, hard to fit through doorways, but go <laughs> ahead. I mean, I'm, I'm being dead serious about this. AOC saved my life. Really? Yeah, it changed who I was. It changed my behaviors. I mean, before, like I said, I, I would go out to bars and clubs, and I couldn't even talk to girls. I couldn't even hold a conversation. Uh, getting a number was like, I got two numbers in maybe four years. I can walk down the street right now and get two numbers, uh, like, instantly. It's crazy. And it's not just the dating stuff. I mean, we talked about a lot of these things before with, like, the, the parenting and the, the things spilling over to your kids. So you you feel like this has made it possible for you to open up your social network, regardless of maybe the amount of time you have or the amount of opportunity that falls into your plate. It, it gave me the confidence to take control of my own life. Excellent. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate you guys very much. And I know everybody else listening does as well. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, have a good one, Jordan. This was fun, man. Thanks. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. A lot of candor. Props to Tom and Dave for being super open about being single dads and dealing with that reality. And of course, for how their AOC skill set has rubbed off on them. Being a better dad, dealing with entrepreneurial ventures as a single dad, confidence, dating, relationships as a single dad, and of course, passing those AOC skills down to their kitties. Much appreciated, guys. Now, show feedback and guest suggestions. Now, we rely on you to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let us know, jordan at theartofcharm.com. Now, boot camp details, of course, for our live programs at theartofcharm.com. And if you're listening to this but you're not subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher, that needs to change. Go ahead and subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting this stuff delivered while you sleep is a great way not to miss anything. And, of course, we have our iPhone and Android apps at theartofcharm.com slash iPhone and theartofcharm.com slash Android. And don't forget to review us on iTunes. If you really love the show, show us some love. Tell your friends, because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. So have a great week. Go out there and get social and leave everything and everyone better than you found it. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com. 